in ever-increasing numbers, ships, planes, tanks, guns. That is our purpose and our pledge. And the President's words meant action as billions of dollars' worth of goods start to flow to embattled England and other allied countries. America became the arsenal of democracy. Lend-Lease weakened the isolationists further, but Senator Wheeler wouldn't give ground. And above all else, do not be stampeded by the propaganda of England and a few international bankers into sending your boys to fight and die in foreign wars. But even schoolboys thought that was unlikely. Take David Lloyd. Absolutely. We couldn't see any way in the world that the United States was not going to be involved in this. He could tell war was coming. Every day there was something in the newspapers about what was going on in Europe. And there was never any question about who was right, who was wrong, who was, uh, you know, invading someone that had done nothing to them. Or the Germans got a very bad name, and so did the Japanese. The U.S. shipped billions of dollars of supplies overseas to allied countries, not just weapons, but food, oil, vehicles, telephone cable, clothing, you name it. In June of 1941, Churchill broadcast a speech thanking America for its aid, but he also tried to persuade Americans that they had as much at stake in the outcome of the war as the British did. Then, one week later, came Operation Barbarossa. Three million German troops, backed by more than 1,000 German planes, launched an invasion of the Soviet Union. That very first week, the Germans killed or wounded a third of a million Russians and took another third of a million prisoners. The attack took the Soviet Union completely by surprise because the two countries had signed a non-aggression pact in 1939. When Soviet leader Joseph Stalin heard the news, he had a nervous breakdown. Many Americans were upended, too. Hitler invaded the Soviet Union on June 22, 1941, and uh, the political situation in the world suddenly changed. Folk singer Pete Seeger. He was playing music with Woody Guthrie in a group called the Almanac Singers. Woody arrived on around the 23rd or the 24th, and I remember the very first words out of his mouth. I opened the door and said, Woody, you're here. He says, well, I guess we won't be singing any more peace songs, will we? I says, you mean we have to support Churchill? He says, yep, Churchill's. Haven't you heard him? He says, all aid to the gallant Soviet allies. I says, is this the same Churchill who in 1920 said, strangle the Bolshevik infant in its cradle? Yes, Churchill's flip-flopped. We got to flip-flops as Woody, and he was right. Almost overnight, the nation's attitude transformed. While some Americans had admired the Soviets for trying to correct the excesses of capitalism, many others feared Stalin's communism even more than Hitler's fascism. But now, America's leaders believed a cautious collaboration with the Soviet Union was their best option. They knew that if the Soviet Union fell... No other country on the continent could vanquish Hitler. President Roosevelt promised to help the Russians if they stayed in the war. Hitler has miscalculated. In Washington, the Soviet ambassador, Konstantin Umansky, promised they would. Ours is a nation 
of a moral and political unity and strength unknown in the past. It is firmly organized, devoted to its leaders, and has utmost confidence in its armed forces, which are ready for any test. Hitler's attack against my country will be smashed. But that outcome was by no means certain. By autumn, the Germans were poised to strike Moscow. Meanwhile, as most Americans had their eyes on Europe, tension was rising in the Far East. In 1941, as the year began, Japan was very much on the move, shall we say. It envisioned itself very much as an imperial power. Steve Toomey is the author of Countdown to Pearl Harbor. He says the Japanese had a very commendable belief in a way. They thought Asia ought to be run by Asians.